0: Welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. We've created a community of spiritual women who know that you can still enjoy the finer things while you're on your soul's journey to live your Dharma and your most chakra aligned life. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to Shock Girl Radio. It is Amber Lee here and today we have a really lovely guest. His name is Jacob Cooper and he is an author and a thought leader and he is like all about the uh, kind of like psychotherapy, Reiki, mindfulness, all the good things. And I read his book book which is called Life After Breath and it's about his near death experience and it's so interesting. So we're going to be talking about his near death experience and how that really like changed his perspective on life and death and we're going to talk a little bit about what happens to our souls after death. And we touch a little bit on basically like reincarnation and how our souls are here for a mission and I want to talk about that a little bit before we dive into the interview as well, but Um, We're also going to talk about like vulnerability, our connection to God, all the things. It's so, so nice. I love chatting with him. So, I mean, I feel like a lot of us feel like we're going through a death and a rebirth right now. I know that I am feeling that. I, of course, like was coaching for years, like doing like business coaching, spiritual coaching. And then I retired from that and launched the rituals by Chakra Girl app. And then... I was like doing these Akashic readings for myself, and I had this like vision of myself. And this was like this higher timeline for me. And I was like in my yoga studio in my vineyard in Italy, which is coming soon. Don't own it yet, but it was in the vision, so I know it's happening. And I saw that like part of my mission is to like do these Akashic readings for other people. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like test this out and see how it goes. And I just kind of like put the feelers out and and posted on social media about it a little bit. And I got so many people booked into these readings and they were so powerful. And I was like seeing other people's timelines and talking to their guides. And I've done this before. Like I've done this kind of like psychic work before, but I'm like, Ugh, come on, like I really didn't want to have to talk to people anymore, which is why I retired. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do them for a limited time. So if you want one, let me know. But essentially, I decided because like the global ascension is like so hot right now. As we know, things are like shaking up on earth. Like all the old timelines are collapsing and everything that's happening in the world around us is always just a reflection of what's happening on the inside. There's like this collective reconstruction going on and our like inner selves are. You know, needing to rebuild. And I feel like so many of you guys are star seeds. Like, well, let me know. You tell me, are you a star seed? Like, are you. Do you know if you have had other lives on different planets in different galaxies? I always ask, like, if you feel that kind of like home feeling when you're looking at the night sky, or like, if you're someone who really can see through the matrix and you feel like you don't fit in with humans, that's how I feel. <laughs> um, or if you just like have this like deep calling to like access these like deeper powers within you, usually that means you're a star seed and that your soul originated on a different planet in a different dimension. Um, I know it's all very wild to think about. We don't go as deep as this in the episode. Um, but we do kind of scratch the surface of our souls and where they go after we die and why we're here and how we just keep coming back. And yeah, essentially like with star seeds, we've, you know, our soul originated and has had many lives on other planets and different galaxies. So if you think you're a star seed, you're probably feeling that like longing and needing to like go deeper on your soul mission. Like I have been and like the girls who book these sessions with me have. So if you do want to have one of these sessions, I'm only booking them this week. So you can send me a DM on Instagram at shocker girl co, but, but yeah, I just want to let you know that if you are feeling that way, it is normal. And it's like, there's like this collective call to just like help in a deeper way. So we need to get out of our comfort zones. And, you know, did I want to forfeit my golfing time to like offer these calls? You know, part of my ego really didn't, but my soul did and it was great. So so really listen to your intuition, do what you're feeling called to do and really tune inward. And if you want help with your rituals, I mean, you know, the rituals by Chakra Girl app is there for you. So you can get that on Google Play or the app, Store And you can ritual with us for free for your first seven days. And it's going to be amazing. So, all right, star seeds, let's get into this amazing episode with Jacob. You are going to love him and also get his book, Life After Breath. It was like such a good read. I read it really, really quickly. And it was like the perfect before bed read, you know, and you don't want something like too heavy. And it was cool because it was like, it was, it like almost like read like a, nonfiction or so I always get fiction and nonfiction confused it read like a story but it was a true story um wait i need to think a fiction is real no <laughs> you guys i'm confused never mind my brain's not going to wrap around this it's reads like a story but it's a true story (laughs) and Jacob like really talks about like his his life and not just his life after his near-death experience but like he talks about the near-death experience as well and like goes into it and then how his life changed because of it and he just talks about all the kind of like struggles that teens go through and such so I just really loved it it's a nice wholesome read you guys so highly suggest and you can get it wherever books are sold so let's dive in and chat with Jacob welcome to chakra girl radio i am your host and spiritual bff Amberly lyons and we are on a mission to make the world more consciously chic and quantumly connected one activated chakra at a time we have a lovely guest today his name is jacob cooper he is a best-selling author thought leader and works with clients on addressing solutions to balance mind body and spirit he provides psychotherapy reiki mindfulness hypnosis and consciousness consulting sessions on a remote or in-person basis i read his book it is so fantastic he has such a fabulous story and you're just going to love him welcome to the show jacob
1: at your honor, Amber Lee. Thank you for having me on as a guest.
0: Yes, yeah. so excited. So let's dive in to our rapid fire questions. What is your sun, moon, and rising?
1: Yes, yeah, so I have a sun in Taurus, a moon in Aries, and a rising in Aries as well.
0: Okay, so the Taurus, you, you just had a birthday then?
1: Yes, I'm born- on the same date as Barbara Streisand and Shirley MacLaine, April twenty fourth.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a big birthday shindig?
1: It's funny how every year I feel something a little bit different. This year was more intimate. It was more just family and close friends. It wasn't uh, a big shindig, but you know what? To me, in my own way, it felt felt just as special, you know, <laughs> as the yeah. others.
0: So. I know the intimate, a little intimate to get togethers. It's always the way as we get older.
1: Yeah. Less is more. And I think it was a sacred birthday, if that makes sense. Yes. It was meaningful.
0: Beautiful. Hmm. What is a daily ritual that you almost never skip?
1: i say always taking morning walk. And I do something called walking meditation with, which maybe you could get into a little bit. As well, as well as, you know, meditation and self-healing through Reiki mm-hmm. that I do every day. And definitely two showers a day and I brush my teeth excessively. I'm a germ kind of guy. <laughs> so I'm like a clean freak, and neat freak, but that's just how I'm wired, you know?
0: <laughs> I really don't. I, I don't understand some people that can go days without showering. Like I don't have it in me.
1: I, I don't know like why people associate what we do with the 60s and Woodstock and all that stuff. I think- it, to me, spirituality is taking care of yourself and being yeah. holistically inclined and being mindful of yourself and how you present to others. So, yeah, it, it, it's there's incongruency with that thought process to me, right? but each to well- their own.
0: You teach you know. your own, But I also need to tip my hat to you because you also smell good, even though I've never met you. You <laughs> had this beautiful little detail that when you sent me your book, you had sprayed the cards yeah. inside it with your yeah. cologne. And I was like, you know, now it's like every time I smell that I'm like, that smells like Jacob.
1: <laughs> to give it away, my signature, my signature scent is Tom Ford Oudwood, which is incredible. I was introduced to it by a wonderful medium friend of mine, psychic medium, who wore a blend of of Tom Ford's oud wood, clove, patchouli, and frankincense. Wow! I used to give him hugs, and I'm like, "I've been to heaven, but you're smelling better than it. What are you wearing? <laughs> like Joan Wever, like I felt like Joan Rivers. Like, what are you wearing? You don't know, kind yeah. of thing on the red carpet." But yeah. he gave me his secret, and. It's I. I stole his his moves, but you know I, I made it my own. And but, I can't um, remember.
0: I can't remember if I told you this, but when you when I had like emailed you and was like, "Oh, that smells so good," and you told me what it was. That same day, I had someone on my podcast tell me about oud oil and how she's been obsessed with oud oil, and it actually helps you manifest money. I'm waiting on that one, but no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, doesn't work. No, 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 no.
1: Um, the, what I love about this one, it's a lighter oud. Some of the ouds could be very pungent, and you know, in your it be, it's a Middle Eastern, but it's very desirable, and a lot of people like to burn it as well. There's a lot of medicinal qualities to it. Um, if you go on a essential oil website, it's like one little drop is like two hundred dollars. It's yeah. it's very you know, but this this is a different take on it, which I like. But yeah, it's it's true to my sign in that degree, Taurus is our, I think the most grounded earth sign. So we're very in tune with beauty and sensuality and sense. So that part of Taurus, I definitely pick up the rest I'm not eye to eye with, with some of the pop astrology references, you know?
0: Right. right. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, mine's so accurate. And then I'm like, no, not really, but it's really what we make of it. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of pathology and stigma to what each sign is associated with, but sometimes they don't see the strengths of it. Like Torians, people just think we sit and eat chicken wings all day and watch television. And, you know, that's, we have a Velcro behind, as they say, but that's not the case. You know, we could be right. very driven and very loyal. There's a lot of positive yes. characteristics, but always stubborn. That's no matter that, what.
0: That, that stays no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to tell the story about your spiritual awakening And I ask everyone this question, like, tell us about your spiritual awakening and when it became your life's work. But I'm like, that's your entire book. But but if you can give us like the short and few sentences, like tell us about your NDE and then we can branch off from there.
1: Yeah. For those of you listeners who aren't familiar with, I had something called a near-death experience, which is getting a lot more attention these days as the medical in the medical community is able to enhance that incubation period between life and death. There's been a lot of breakthroughs through science and medicine, but it's nothing new. It's getting a lot more traction and I credit Netflix a lot with their amazing, you know, documentary called, geez, I'm blanking on it, but yes, Netflix had a documentary called Surviving Death. That's right. And, Mm. you know, there's a segment of different transformative consciousness um, experiences and near-death experiences, the first one. So that made it a lot more of a house name, but I had mine at a different position than you hear of people like Anita Morjani, who endorsed my book, or people like Dr. Eben Alexander, you know, both, you know, who had them middle in their life. I had mine as a very young child. Uh, It occurred due to whooping cough, which is known as pertussis. And I went to a park and I suffocated as a result of this highly contagious uh, condition. But from losing my own breath and losing every grasp that I had to my own, you know, physical existence, I was able to surrender And allow a higher breath, the breath of life, the breath of eternity to save me and to really allow myself to understand that there is no death, or to remind myself of that. But this experience opens itself up to you know really intensified mystical experiences from encounters to my own spirit guides, you know, angels, awareness of you know, Christ consciousness, God, soul family, life purpose, you name it. So it had a lot of the classic. Euphoric elements, you know, that are synonymous with a lot of NDEs, uh, but the fact that I'm able to remember it and I had it at such a young age puts it in a little bit of a different and unique uh, position.
0: Mm, yes, and so I read a book called Journey of Souls. Have you read that?
1: Yes, Dr. Michael Newton. It's I think yes. it's right behind me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. So that was my, and I had past life regressions before, but. I, I just didn't really understand the whole concept. And for anyone that's even seen like the Disney movie soul, it's like wildly accurate in a way, but basically like my understanding is that like our souls came here with a mission to release as much darkness as possible and to bring in as much light into our souls as possible. And then when our earth body dies, we just go back up you know, rehash, you know, these are the things you learn. These are the things you need to learn next. And then you go back down and you learn them again. Is that is that kind of the the basics?
1: In, in a way, I mean, I think to me, the soul in its own way is all knowing, but I think it's a matter of the application of that knowingness within each carnation. Yes. In other words, to re-remember what we already know and to apply it. And when you apply it, you become it. And so there's sometimes a difference of our what we know and what we're able to integrate. And so what we integrate becomes, you know, a deeper uh, bedrock of who we are. And so I don't, I think there's a lot of trauma associated with the word school, you know, that 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 we were brought up with, you know. But I view each lifetime as an opportunity to just continue to evolve and expand on what already is inside of each and every one of us. It's kind of like what Michelangelo would refer to when someone asked him how he did his, you know, his, his work, he said, I don't do anything, but chip away at the masterpiece within.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I think within each carnation, you know, that's really the goal is to remind ourselves, remember Who we really are. It sounds a little bit Lion King s to go on with the Disney reference, but it's true. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That scene. Remember who you are, Simba. All that stuff. But yes, with James Earl Jones's voice, right? Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) Um. So yeah, it's like to bring ourselves back to like our remembering and our consciousness and just remembering our like powerful like energy that we have. Like, and I feel like there's such a fear of death Mm. and you know we think it's so final like wh- like why is that fear there and how is it holding us back I,
1: I think it's simple i think the moment that we're able to see ourselves more than a body then we're able to have a rapport a rapport with something that's non-linear the body and the material is linear past present future and so for many Pass. you know, for many, they don't understand something beyond the body, beyond, you know, life beyond that, these yeah. four walls. And so I think for people understanding and having a rapport with a part beyond this body would lead itself to, you know, decreasing a bit of that fear. But also as a psychotherapist, there's something that we talk about is, and it's called exposure therapy. And by that, I mean, You know, plenty of people think that they'll calm their anxiety by doing breath work, and that's helpful, but sometimes we have to go to the direct source of what it is we fear. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting that people die and have a near-death experience that I do, but the gradual exposure to it, talking about it, thinking about it, I think will not only allow people to reframe some of their anxiety and thoughts, but also to have meaning in in a deeper engagement with the impermanence of this body and you know, this lifetime, if that makes mm-hmm.
0: sense. hundred percent. I'm all for the exposure therapy. Um, and I think too, even just, it's like, is it weird that I'm like excited to see what happens next? Like, I'm not going to like do anything to make it happen faster, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, I'm like, yeah, like, it's going to be cool to like, see my soul family again. And like, you know, see, like, I, I'm like curious, how am I doing down here? You know?
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's a big topic of my next book. Um, that I'm almost finished editing. It's called the Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder, or as my grandmother, who's about to transition at this moment, calls it, the Wisdom of Jacob's Bladder. And I just say, Grandma, that's not the book. But you know, <laughs> she she this, But you know, she yeah, she's transitioning at this moment, mm-hmm. uh, so definitely keeping her you know her transition. But the point of my book, Life After Breath, was a little bit of a karma. It was like my near death experience story. And the wisdom of Jacob's Ladder is the dharma, is the meaning, is the purpose, is is mm-hmm. the real meats and potatoes that I was able to extract from it. And so I, I think really doing what you're doing, Amberly, and so many listeners, I think the goal is that we don't have to hold our breath to have expanded consciousness or to, to have an understanding of the hereafter, but we're able to bring the hereafter into the here now through a deepened experience in our life and really finding the sacred in this mundane experience, you know?
0: Yeah, so if we want to deepen our consciousness without almost dying, what are some of your <laughs> tips? Yeah, I always
1: say, get quiet, gets loud, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people after my New Death Experience talks want to have this. And I have to remind them that there's a double-edged a double-edged component to an NDE. But a near-death experience to me is very much charted. If you think of purpose and something that's charted, there's nothing more transformational than that for many people in their lives. So there is meaning and purpose behind everything, especially the most pivotal moments of our lives. But meditation is a wonderful way to get in touch with what I refer to as the sacred silence. When you're able to meditate, the more that you do it, in the proper foundation, the more that you recognize there's just something from doing this that I recognize will go on. There's just a part of me that I know there's this invisible force field beyond thought, beyond feeling, beyond emotion that I know is the deep borders of my essence, you know. Mm. And I think that allows people to to really touch their infinite consciousness. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a real way to do that.
0: Okay. So let's have a quick And every piece also comes with an intention setting ritual to infuse your own intentions into your jewelry to just create the best life. So go to prismlifestyle.co and use code girl at checkout. I want to dive into your NDE a little bit. What were some of the takeaways? What were some of like the, the moments of that, you know, what, was probably you know, a short period of time that probably seemed like a long period of time. Can you kind of walk us through what it looked like and then what the takeaways were?
1: Yeah, I looked at my NDE as many ways a double-edged sword. I mean, on one hand, I'm still human. So there was a tremendous trauma to it from suffocating. And I do believe that combined with the fact that this happened outside of my body, my brain, is why I'm able to retain it so clearly. As you know, with trauma, there's a retention and almost the sensation as if you are right there. And so that was a superpower of it. Um, But, you know, to me, it was almost as if looking, you're looking at the darkness of what we all fear and seeing a beautiful light behind that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that to me was so comforting that our greatest fears go back to the nothingness of which they came and beyond that. Beyond that is eternal love, eternal existence, eternal awareness. But I think with the experience, it in many ways is nothing like this reality. And why I say that is in our bodies, we're almost capped at like how good we could feel to some extent, you know, because we're still bioneurochemical. Obviously, having an OBE is something out of body experience is something different. But with the NDE and crossing over to the other side, there was no limit to how euphoric I was able to feel. And that sounds very simplistic, but... To experience it as another reality, and so I use words because that's our vernacular. But it's almost kind of like you're going on the craziest ride in Six Flags, where there's no possible end to how good you're feeling or how fast you're going, you know. Or you know, and it's just this unlimited journey upwards and upwards to this place where there's just no end in bliss. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, there's no beginning, no middle, no end. It's just, yeah, it's just beyond anything of the four core four walls of this reality you know and and other takeaways was you know and I elaborate this a lot more in my other book is just how small we see ourselves as many times Mm -hmm. Um, you know many times we go with you know even our own selves our egoic consciousness our names our labels all these things is is an expression but it's not the totality of of who we are you know, I think we're experiencing this body, this gender, this time frame, but beyond that is a totality of much more than that. And so, it's there's identification with the page in a book instead of an ident- identification with an entire encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. I do think, in many ways, that would almost be impossible for us to integrate that at every moment. We do have to integrate into this human experience. But in other words, just how much more beautiful, expansive, wise, and powerful we are than many times the way that we see ourselves as. There's a forgetfulness of that superpower that we have.
0: Yes. And I feel too, like in your book, I love how you talk about your story and you really get vulnerable about, you know, there are times in my life where I had these expectations put on me from my parents, from myself, and, you know, I didn't think I could do it. And then, you know, it's almost like you had throughout the book, like many remembrances of your own power, but like found a way to get on your path in a way that was authentic to you and your journey, can you describe that a little bit for us and, and how you've mm-hmm. used that remembrance of your power to navigate your path? Absolutely,
1: you know. I and I hope this doesn't offend viewers, uh, but what I'll say is, you know, crystals and meditation is is one way to access spirituality, but it's not the only way. Exactly. You know, I think connecting to life itself. Mm -hmm. and going through the depths of our experiences could allow the most broadest expansive spiritual growth and experiences. Mm -hmm. And so I think many times people are looking for the meat and potatoes and all of these things. But that to me is a conditional checklist of what we ascribe to spirituality. You know, and I think to me there's a liberation of being able to find it in all things Mm -hmm. and looking at it in all things even the things especially the things that test us or agitate us the most are shadows Exactly. Um, you know and so i did it for many reasons there wasn't a vendetta component because each time that i would do it there would be a meaning there would be a lesson behind it but i i think the biggest drive of getting that vulnerable because i am a tremendously private person i on a personal, I'm very shy, you know, so that was very hard, but I did it to find relatability in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at all the great spiritual teachers, they're not focused on themselves. They're focused on allowing people to see themselves in their teaching, you know, and so otherwise it becomes something unreachable, unattainable, and it's not spiritual with practice, spirituality with practicality. And it doesn't move the needle like it should. So that's I want to if I, in other words, if I'm known as the afterlife guy, I'm not gonna be happy. I want people to remind themselves that they're afterlife people too. You yeah. Know, so that's my goal. I don't take ownership of the afterlife, you
0: know. Totally. And I yeah. think that's you know, we talk about that a lot here too, is like the growth happens in the dark. Like we plant seeds in the winter, like that's when it happens.
1: Right. It Absolutely. And when I had my near-death experience and I lost all of my breath of my body and my humanity, I was able to surrender to the breath of eternity, which, you know, I grew up in the Jewish faith. The word for spirit is Ruach, which literally is translated as the wind of God and, you know, or the wind of spirit, the wind of source. And so for me, it was just, once I was able to surrender to that, I reminded myself that this wind, this breath of who I was can never be taken from me or anyone else.
0: Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you grew up in like a pretty traditional Jewish family. And then you ended up having like a relationship with like God, dare I say, Jesus. And you were like, hmm, like I'm, this isn't normal. Like, this is not like, what was that like for you? And how does your family feel about that? Like, is that something that you share openly? You
1: know, I think we want to understand that, to, uh, to me, at least, the separation between religion and spirituality, that religion yeah. is more of an outer thing and spirituality is more of a personal thing. Yeah. And um, so I really separated spirituality, synagogue, and state. I kept this experience in a lot of these things incredibly private, which is, believe it or not, very much in alignment with a lot of near-death experiencers. You know, plenty of times intuitively they just know that either it's not the right time to integrate their experience or it's not it's not helpful to share it to x amount of people you know and there has to be a readiness and so for me this was something so sacred that I didn't tell a soul to maybe almost two decades after my experience around my late teens early 20s is when I was able to like have the outer you know um trajectory of this but but it was more of an inner processing um, that i really held dear, near and dear but i i think really everyone's at their own developmental level and it's not to be judged if that makes sense i i, I think it's sometimes we just got to sit back and allow people to figure things out you know each day and in each way and that's a beautiful experience the the metamorphosis of this, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel, I feel like we've talked about this a lot recently on the podcast too, is just that some people are starting to deepen their consciousness and have a deeper connection to God who maybe didn't grow up in a completely different religion or grew up without religion at all. And there's like this kind of like relearning of remembering that, they, you know, religion and God don't have to go hand in hand. So, was that something that like took a minute for you to learn and connect to?
1: Yeah, and, and I think for some people, religion can almost be like a jojoba oil kind of thing, where like before you put on like the regular essential oil, you put on like a primer essential oil. Yeah, right. There's some yeah. people, and it's like a lighter thing. And but I I, I think the base people, no matter what. I don't necessarily think people need a religion, but I think people need a spiritual practice. They need Mm -hmm. a spiritual connection. That is your essence of who you are, you know? So that to me is so important. And I think religion without spirituality is quite destructive, you know?
0: Yes, yeah. Uh,
1: It really, really is. So, you know, as we've seen, so we have to have a deeper foundation, but I think when the two are working hand in hand and you do see that it's, it's, it's a beautiful hybrid, you know, it's very nice.
0: Well, and I see people as well who are very open to their spirituality, and they'll, you know, be they they're like, you know, I talk to the universe, I talk to source, but they're still afraid to use the word God. Like it still feels right. Like there's that still that trauma around that. Um, was that something you had to overcome? And if so, like, what are some tips for people to kind of disassociate the two?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the outer God is almost you know put on a pedestal where. You know, we're just uh, almost peasants to this, you know, deity, this being, and the holy yes. ones are able to access it. You know, but um, I think someone who really um, inspired my career and uh, gave a lot of confidence to myself was a man by the name of Neil Donald Walsh, who if you're not familiar with, wrote the book "Conversations with God," mm. and those aren't who aren't familiar with Neil. He has quite an incredible story where he was just you know, it's just kind of like one thing led to another and his life was, you know, kind of, you know, broken in many ways, but he just, one day this guy who wasn't like practicing this stuff just opened up and he took a yellow legal pad and just started dictating, you know, a voice from higher source, God, whatever you want to call it. And so I think hearing Neil and his story and so many other seekers when they're coming from, many times they're not at the top of the mountain, but they're coming from a place of surrender of just brokenness. And then that's when we're able to receive. I mean, so many times we get on cruise control and there's not an openness to change the way you look at things or to open us up to those higher channels. But I think we're all talking in our own way. We're all communicating with source, with spirit. We just don't have the, many times, the the gall or the confidence to call it for what it is, Mm -hmm. you know. I think there's almost like an embarrassment or yeah a feeling of unworthiness to label it as such.
0: Yeah. And I think I like how you said like the out like outer God versus inner God. Like we have we all have that that connection inside of us. And often we, yeah, it's like we've been almost conditioned to think that the answers are outside of us when in fact they're inside of us.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, literally had this. You know, in in a playground, which the, you know, I think everything has a reason. And I had my near death experience rather in a playground, and you know, when you think of a playground, you think of so much allegory. But you think of a child, you know, in our playing in a God's playground, or a brothers and sisters keeper playing here in the playground. So there's just so much symbology with my NDE, but it really speaks to how all this is light, is simple. Sometimes we get too adult like and too serious with this stuff, but this is very light. This is very easy. It doesn't have to be all serious and forceful, you know, this awareness thing.
0: Yes, totally. And you offer past life regressions. I want to talk about those. What does that typically look like?
1: Yeah, like I said, once we see ourselves as more than a body, we recognize that we're more than a mind. And the mind we are able to see as unlimited past this lifetime You know, and privy and aware of other different carnations. And so I use my NDE in a lot of what I do, but within my NDE, the second my body and brain shut down was when spirit and God came in. And I understood the brain as such a pivotal filter between the life that we live, between the world of the hereafter, in this life, in the here now. And so I utilized hypnotherapy as a tool to allow the brain to be a clean and good filter Of higher consciousness to not be something that produces consciousness but is a clean filter of it and when the brain is open that's really when consciousness is able to come in and so past life regression is a form of hypnosis that allows clients to tap into memories beyond this lifetime you know and i also i know you mentioned dr michael newton within my past life regression work i also do uh life between lives which you know michael talks about in the journey of souls of his work which is the journey of souls when they cross over and their memories on the other side and what that entailed so depending on the client depending on how many times you come back we're really able to you know delve into uh the unlimited uh each time a little bit differently so it's, it's wonderful
0: that's so fun. I feel like I've had past life regressions before and I've had some that are like good. And then some, I mean, it's not that the past life regression wasn't good, but there's times where I feel like I'm doubting myself. Cause it's mm. like, you're lucid. Like you're, even though you're in that like state, you're still like lucid. I'm like, am I just like making this up or is this true? Like, I, I feel like I have that, that kind of like doubt kicks in. Have you ever had that? And how do you kind of build that trust?
1: Yeah, you know, doubt is almost hypnotic in itself. You know, yeah. we, you know, we're at times seeing ourselves as limited, or I'm not this, I'm not that, and so when we do regression therapy, we're connecting to the unlimited, and it's almost kind of like that voice that creeps us in our mind, where it's like, I'm not magical, I'm not eternal. This is is something that I don't fully think that I could have. You know, mm-hmm. and so we work with I work with my clients through through some of that. You know, beforehand in that conversation. I would say that's you know one of the biggest bears that people have to going a little bit deeper you know and just allowing themselves to surrender but also the society that we live with in many times is so comfortable holding on to you know we hold on to a thought we hold on to something that stops us in many ways instead of allowing confidence and letting go i mean letting go is a great fear by many they fear like you know what's going to happen you know i'm going to but in a way, within hypnosis, we have a lot more control by letting go. It's by holding on to that we inhibit ourselves. And we it could cause a lot of dangers, in fact, by holding on, as we know. Yeah, issues.
0: I'm a control freak. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> that check- I you know, <laughs> joined the club. Uh, but, you know, but that's that's like our human part. But beyond that, I think everyone has a deep, free part of them you know, that's, that's their true nature, you know? Yes. Many ways.
0: Amen. We need to find that freedom. Okay. So your book is available. Tell us where your book is available, your current book, which I love, by the way.
1: Which Thank I- you. Life After Breath is available for purchase mostly through Amazon, you know, select readers. I am able to send signed copies, you know, and, and, and encrypted messages uh, with uh, the book smelling very good, obviously, yes. as we talked about earlier. <laughs> Uh, but amazon you know amazon.com you can find life after breath and you know it's it's had a life of its own. that's what I love about the book, you know
0: yes, it's beautiful. it's like it's like I kept having to remind myself like this I, I feel like I was getting lost in it like it, it felt like I was like in it like you know, I, I don't know. I, it was like very you just very, did such a good job at really like describing the visual as well as like the sentiment of everything. Right. Um, and I was just had to keep reminding myself like, Oh, this is a true, like this is a person. And I'm going to like be talking to this person. Right. Cool. <laughs> well,
1: I think also we see this, you know, you see you in it too and it's relatable, Yeah. but uh you know, for prospective authors, there's the saying called show uh, don't tell. And by showing you're able to take the reader directly to the experience. In other words, in our minds, we know exactly what happened, but we have to fully express that in the now and take people yes. there. And so I I really credit a lot of my editors, my editor for teaching me that because I am probably the last person to write a book. I was not a natural writer. I was putting the lowest possible uh, college courses for writing. I was taking like the lowest possible remedial courses in writing and reading Uh, But from that place, I was able to learn how to do it from getting good foundations from the ground up. And I'm very grateful for that. But it's just funny how sometimes the labels that we have of ourselves could be so limiting. You know, we're unlimited beings. We forget that sometimes.
0: Yes, exactly. And then your second book is coming when...
1: You know, it's, I know it's going to be fully edited within the next couple of weeks. And after that, it just becomes like a technicality of, you know, publishers and, women right. with, you know, it's feel like that. But I think within the next six months to a year, I'd be surprised any, anywhere beyond that, you know, the wisdom Jacob's ladder, which I, I'm excited about. It's, it's to me, I'm not result oriented. That makes sense. I'm process oriented. Mm-hmm. And so there's a beauty on this writer's journey and finding a different creation and a different way to reach the mind and the hearts of others to progress their everyday lives. And so I'm excited by this. You know, this is my second child, you know?
0: Yes. Uh, It really is.
1: It's my baby, you know?
0: So beautiful. And then we can book readings with you. Tell us where we can do that.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't give um, intuitive readings, but any, you know, remote session that people want uh, whether that's psychotherapy, mindfulness, consciousness, consulting, hypnotherapy, you can go on my webpage at jacoblcooper.com. That's jacoblcooper.com. And you could also look at my social media links. I have daily inspirational posts through Instagram, Facebook, you know, it's L C S W. So once again, that's jacoblcooper.com. Yeah, and there on my social media pages, I give inspiration, which I know saved my life. And I do believe it's the oxygen of our times. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's needed. So.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. So we will link you guys to all things, Jacob, Jacob, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. Everyone seriously get the book. It's so good. It's like the perfect evening read and where you want to like wind down and get lost in a story, but also being inspired and learning about consciousness. And it's, it's just amazing. It's amazing. So we'll link you to the book and all things, Jacob. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Shocker Girl Co. And if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review and write us a little comment. We'd love to hear from you.